Did you know that about 43% of, of every day, 43% of what we do every day is largely unconscious? I mean, just think about that. 43%. 43% of what you will do today, you won't even have to think about it. You just, you just do it. I mean, for instance, you... Those of you who, who drove to, to First Baptist, you probably didn't think about how to navigate to 10110 Eagle Drive. You didn't have to pull out the car manual like, how do I start this thing? You just got in there. You know, if you have a key, you stuck it in there. If you have one of those buttons, you just, you just got in. You, you pushed the button. It started up. You, you didn't have to, to think about how to back out of the driveway or how to accelerate, how to make the car go, how to brake, how to, how to park. Now, some of you might need some refreshers on that. I looked out in the parking lot. No. <laughs> now, you didn't put our church's address into Google Maps. Hopefully you just got in the car and drove. Have you ever done this? This is, I've done this before. You're, like, you're, just, you're driving down the road, you're going, and you like all of a sudden you kind of like, come to, you're thinking about things, and you're like, wait a minute. I just drove like 15 miles, and I didn't even, I didn't, am I the only one? Anybody ever done that? Maybe, maybe even coming here, you're like, you're like, it's, just, it's a five-minute, 10-minute drive for you, and you just, all of a sudden you're like pulling in, you're like, wow, did, did we even... Did, did I, did I run that red light back there? <laughs> you know, we are creatures of habit, creatures of habit. Most of our habits are in unconscious action, so they're, they're really good habits. They're helpful habits. We're able to, when we have a habit, we're able to devote more energy and brain power to other things. Like when we're in the car with our family and we're driving somewhere, I don't have to like, I'm constantly thinking about all this. I can actually have some conversations with my family. Or I can think about the other crazy drivers out there. This is Houston, right? We've got to be very, very conscious about those things. But yeah, you know, we have good habits. We also have some, some bad habits or habits that are not quite so helpful. And the best thing that we can do for our bad habits is to replace them with with good habits. And an even better thing to do is to replace them with great spiritual habits. That's what we've been focusing on over the past couple of Sundays and again this morning. Small changes, small changes that can turn into habits that will have a, a big, that can make a big spiritual difference in our lives over, over the long haul. You've heard the, the illustration of the, the rocket, and if it's just like a half, a half an inch off in one direction, you know, it's going to be in a whole nother place. So it's important to keep that, that, that right on because that one little difference can, make, can, can change everything. And it is, it's that way in our lives. The little changes, the little things can make huge differences, have big spiritual impact upon our lives, our relationships, our marriages, our families, and parenting can have a big impact upon our church. On the first Sunday of January, we looked at uh, Peter and John. Remember, they healed that lame man. And they came into the, the temple, and the guy was just running around, leaving. He was praising God, and people gathered. Thousands, thousands, probably over 10,000 people gathered, and they shared the gospel uh, there and 
5,000 men came to faith. They were arrested and like, and the, the, the religious, the Jewish religious leaders saw these men. They were uneducated, yet the scripture says they could tell that they had been with Jesus. There was something different. There was a, a confidence. There was a joy. There was something unique about these men. They had been with Jesus. And the challenge for us is to be with Jesus. Would people know that, that you had been with Jesus this week? So let's spend 10 minutes a day with Jesus reading the Bible. Last Sunday, we looked at a couple of Paul's friends, Timothy and Epaphroditus, who were a source of deep and rich encouragement to him, both in words and in, and in action. And while he was imprisoned in Rome, they were like life to him. We were again challenged to invest in relationships by intentionally encouraging three people every week. How many of you, how many of you got to do, do a little bit of that this week? Encourage anybody? How did it feel? Doesn't it feel good? I was the recipient of some of that. And man, I tell you, it just made my, made my week. Keep it up. Three people every week. Now this morning we're going to see an incredible miracle that Jesus performs, and we're going to give special attention to place after that healing. So, if you would take your Bibles and turn with me to the to the book of Mark. Mark, it's the second book in the in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mark is actually the first gospel account or the first um, book written about the life of of Jesus. It's the most, I think it's the simplest of the Gospels. If you're ever going to, if you want to start a, a Bible reading, Mark, I think is a great book to, uh, to begin. You just, you hear the life of Jesus. You get to see what he did. And Mark chapter, chapter 1, beginning in verse 45. If you have one of those black Bibles, page 836. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. And a leper came to him, Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the, the leprosy left him and he was made clean and then Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every Quarter. This is a great story. See, Jesus' ministry had just begun in the northern region of Israel. You have Galilee, Samaria, and Judea down, at the, down in the south. He was up near the Sea of Galilee, in, in, um, uh, there, in Ga uh, there in Galilee. And he's going from town to town, and he's, he's preaching. 
preaching about repentance. He's, and he's healing people. And from our text, you can see word gets out and they're just coming to him soon in groves. One day, Jesus is, is there and, and a, a, a man with leprosy comes to him and begs him to cleanse him or to heal him. Now, leprosy usually is thought of as a disease of the, of the skin, and, and it does impact the skin, but it's actually a disease of the nervous system. People with leprosy experienced disfiguration of the skin and bones and twisting of limbs and oftentimes a curling of fingers. Leprosy causes the, the loss of, of feeling and, and pain. And so what, what oftentimes happens is a person with leprosy, they, they can't feel, particularly in their extremities, and they'll, they'll injure themselves, and they lose fingers and toes and feet, or they, they get a, a, a scrape, and they don't, they don't feel it, and it gets infected, and then, and then awful things uh, follow. Leprosy was contagious. It could be spread from person to person. It was, particularly in the biblical days, it was a dreaded disease. Lepers became outcasts of society. Still in our world today, though it's very treatable, there are about a quarter million people with, with leprosy. And in India, there's half of that quarter million people live in India. I've been in India, and I've passed. I didn't go into, the, into them. We were doing some other work, but I've passed. You'd see these leper colonies. People would come and, and live there, and they would, people would, they would care for them because they were, in India, they were the lowest of the lows. They were the untouchables in this caste system. Leviticus 13 describes what would happen if a person were, were to become leprous. Scripture says the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. He shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone, and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. This wasn't a punitive thing. It was a protective thing. Uh, there, if, you, if you're living there in community, close community, and in these, in these small tents, you, you, would, you would not want to get leprosy. It was, it was a deadly disease. And so this was to keep lepers separate from the healthy community. So in our story, the fact that this leper was even able to approach Jesus is amazing. And he, he comes to him and he says, if you're willing, cleanse me. Kneels before him. Yet what Jesus does, I think, next is what's astounding. Verse 41 says that moved with, with pity, deep compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and what? touched him touched him it was likely the first touch from a non-leprous person that the man had experienced in in years maybe even decades i'm sure he was as he's kneeling there and jesus moved he could see maybe even tears well up in his eyes and jesus reaches out and he's he probably even like pulls back a little bit and jesus takes a hold of him 
He sees his worth and value. A man created, like the sanctity of life, a man created in the image of God. He didn't see him as a leper. He saw him as a, as a child, as a, as a man who, who, needed, who needed healing, who needed forgiveness. Jesus was moved in his heart for the man and he came near to him while others just ran away. Imagine coming in the town, you hear this man, unclean, unclean, and everybody, ooh, stay back. Jesus comes near. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? <laughs> in our helplessness, in our sinful condition, Jesus was moved with compassion and he didn't stay far off he he came from heaven to earth he came and he touched us he touched us what a love and friends that's the the ministry of what we have been given today those who who are downcast those who who don't fit in those who who are alone we're to reach out to them. But Jesus, he touches the man and then he speaks two words in the original language of the Bible that forever changes this man's life. They, these translated words, the first phrase, the first word is translated, I will. I will. He says, will you, I know you're, if you're willing, Lord, and Jesus responds, I, I will. Then the second word, he speaks with authority and he says, be clean or be cleansed. And the scripture says that those, those words, at the, at the moment Jesus spoke those words, the man was immediately cured. The leprosy was gone. It left him. Leprosy was gone. His skin looked like he had been to a spa, I'm sure and had the best creams and all that good stuff. <laughs> Jesus, he strongly urged this man not to say anything to anybody about what just took place. He was to go to the priest there in the nearest town and follow through with all of the cleansing regulations that we find. And you can read about them in the book of Leviticus, chapter 14. It's a whole long list of things. But instead, what does this man do? I'm sure that's what he did. But along the way, what does he do? Verse 45 says that he went out and talked freely about what happened. I'm not sure I like the word freely. I'm not sure it's translated uh, fully. It means he went out with a great extent. He went out not just freely. He didn't go about free. He was free because now he could go into the presence of people. He no longer had leprosy. But this word says he went out and just everybody he could see, everybody he could find. Hey, let me, I got to tell you something. He left and began to talk about what Jesus did for him to such a great extent that it spread wildly, widely throughout all of the region. People heard the news and wanted to meet this miracle worker that we sang about earlier, Jesus. Well, can you blame him? He was transformed from a man of shame and disgrace to a man of honor and worth. 
He was untouchable by society, but now embraced by Jesus. His life moved from hopelessness to purpose, from death to life, from bondage to freedom, from despair now to indescribable joy. He is a picture of what Jesus does in our lives spiritually. Can Jesus still heal today? I think he can. No, he can't. He can do whatever he wants. There are plenty of people who can attest to God's healing hands in their lives, but sometimes it's not the case. Um, sometimes we walk with it. It's um, my own kind of ailments. It's a constant reminder that this life is not as it should be, and one day it will be as it should be. Keeps my eyes looking upward. To see our sin is like leprosy, a death sentence for our souls. There's no cure. Sin left us in shame, separated, ostracized from God. But yet in love, God was moved with compassion. And he sent his son on a mission of healing and restoration. When we recognize that Jesus alone is the answer and, the, and we cry out to him in repentance and faith, when we come to him helpless and, and, and just like the man did kneeling before Jesus and says, will you, will you? And you'll hear these words from Jesus, I will. Then he'll say, be clean, be forgiven. Our sin is removed immediately. And we are forever forgiven. And just like the man healed from leprosy, we're given purpose, given life, given freedom and joy for today and tomorrow and on into eternity. That's the healer. That's the miracle worker. If you haven't come to him, knelt before him, why not today? So what does a leper do after he's been healed and told not to share with anyone? <laughs> what does he do? Well, of course, he goes out and he shares with anybody and everybody. How could he not? He's like the lame man that we, we talked about the, uh, the first Sunday of our, of our series. This man was healed. Scripture says he went walking and leaping and praising God. Hey, God did it. God is awesome. God, you know, he's probably saying, I don't know what it was, but the guy was just, he's, his life was transformed. He was doing a jig before God and saying, man, God is the greatest. He's healed me. One of the most, I think one of the most beautiful stories in the scriptures found in John chapter four. We read about Jesus meeting and sharing with a Samaritan woman there in the, in the heat of the, of the day. See, couple things Jews and Samaritans weren't to mix they were just almost like enemies they did not speak with one another they were not on a friendly basis and then men in those days weren't to just go up to a woman and start having conversation and thirdly this woman didn't have the best of reputations but Jesus wanted to tell her about not just water but about living water living water to which she would never thirst again and her encounter with Jesus 
changed her life. It changed her life. And the Bible says that she left there immediately and began sharing about him with everybody in the town. And soon, everyone started to come out and meet Jesus. In fact, John 4, 39 says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him, believed in Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. She just said, He told me all that I ever did. He knew me. He knew my life. Offer to me living water. Come meet this man. Friends, there is life-changing power in our, in our, I'll just call them faith stories. The lame man, the Samaritan woman, this leprous man all went and shared about their encounter with Jesus and other lives were, were changed. So there's a couple of things that I want us to notice about these faith stories. And these, this is going to lead our habit, um, our new habit for today. First of all, these stories, these stories, they're not, they're not gospel presentations. They're not gospel presentations. This is, this is really important for us to understand. Now, the gospel is, is so significant. It is, it is what actually brings us life. It's what, it's what sets us free. It's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, Romans 1.16. So we need the gospel. But the, this leprous man didn't go the Romans road or the, the bridge illustration or or the four spiritual laws or the three circles. He didn't have all that down. He didn't know any of that. In fact, Romans wasn't even written yet. Again, these are wonderful tools for, I've used all of these for sharing how Jesus can turn a, a person's life around and, and bring us the gift of eternal life. But this leprous person just went out and he talked about how Jesus changed his life. He just went out and, and shared about his experience. This, this man, and I, I came to him. I knew he could, he could heal me. And I said, are you willing? And he said, yes, I am. And he reached out and he took a hold of me. And then he said, be clean. And immediately, look at my skin. You've seen me. You've, you've seen me around here. I've been coming into the town, and every time I, I call out unclean, unclean, and everybody steps aside. I go to the supermarket, and they, they leave me a little bit of the extra you know, food that's outdated, and, that, and that's how I'm able to survive. And I go back to my other leprous friends but when he touched me, it all left. There's something about him. That was his story. That was his faith story. That Samaritan woman, she just went and, like, he told me. He knew everything about me. He didn't pull away. He was a Jew. Here I am, a Samaritan. And he, he came to me, spoke to me, talked about living water. I am forever changed. Our stories aren't necessarily 
gospel presentations. In fact, I think most of the time they probably shouldn't be. You understand what I'm saying with that? Friends, I'm not saying we don't need to go out and share the gospel. We absolutely do. But if we would become, if it, if it became more of a habit to just go out and talk about how we have encountered Jesus during this past week, God could use that in huge ways, just like he did with this leprous man. Another thing is this, these stories, they are about life change. That's the second thing we need to notice. These are these faith stories, they are about life change. I think we make it more com- complicated than it needs to be. I believe that we, sh- we would uh, see more spiritual fruit if we all simply went out and shared about our encounters with Jesus. Now, this is where these habit stacking things can come in. Remember our first one. Hey, spend 10 minutes in the Bible. Spend, spend 10 minutes with Jesus every day. And, I'm, and I know, I mean, those of you who've been already doing this, you, you know that spending time with Jesus and his word, it, it does something to us. It does something. You spend time with Jesus and it changes us. You begin to see things differently. You begin to, um, to act and to think differently. Our minds change and when our minds change, our actions change. People see it. And as you spend time with Jesus, go out and just... Talk about what you're learning, what you're experiencing. Tell the stories. Another thing, thirdly, is that they are recent stories. They're not necessarily gospel presentations. They're stories of life change, and they are recent stories. If the opportunity is made available, I think it's great to share, how, again, how we, come, how we have come to faith. I can share with somebody. I can be visiting with them and say, hey, back when I was a young boy, I, I came to faith. I came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I, I can remember just a, a little bit about that. I was, um, you know, grew up uh, in, in church, heard the good news and also had it at home and somewhere along the way the Lord began to just prick at my heart I mean I realized that I'm I was a sinner and I needed I needed a savior went talked to my mom about that and went and visited with the pastor and came to faith I mean came came to a new life that was many 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 years ago as a young boy and it's a that's my testimony, and it's, it's how God worked in, in my life. And God can use the, my story, He can use your story to, to quicken the heart of another person. But yet if I share with someone a recent story about how I maybe faced a, a difficult health crisis and, and how maybe Jesus came alongside and I just felt, knew, and experienced the deep sense of His peace and and hope in the midst of it. That might just actually connect with somebody. I've shared with you, you know, I had, a, had this disease called ulcerative colitis. Um, got it back in 94. 
uh, dealt with it, continued to kind of deal with it. The other day, I, a friend of mine called up from Arkansas. He's like, hey, there's a, there's, there's a, a young lady that's moved here sort of colitis, and she doesn't have any doctors, She just has, and, and it's, things are real bad right now. Would you be willing to talk to her? I'm like, well, absolutely. So um, she reached out to me, um, texted me. I reached back out, and I tried to call her. We missed. I left a message. She called back, left a message, and then Christmas came, and we just couldn't do it. And then finally, I thought, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to write her a letter. Um, so I, I wrote this whole long thing and um, put it in a PDF file, and I just texted it to her. And then um, the next day, I had a voice memo um, in my text, and I listened to it. She's like, oh, man, thank you so much. Um, you know, I talked to her about doctors. I talked about what I experienced, the things, the goods, the bad, the ugly, the painful, all that stuff. He's like, man, just to know somebody else there is, has experienced this and walked, walked this road. And I just said, hey, and I just shared with her some of my own spiritual journey with it and how the Lord um, met me along the way and ministered to our family in the midst of all that we've been through. And she's like, man, thank you for opening up. And I'm like, Hey, it was my, my pleasure. Easy. And I trust that the day will come when she'll do the same thing with somebody else. Share your recent stories. I had an MRI the other day. So you see cancer, you have to go in every year and have an MRI. You may have done those things. They put you in this tube that's about this big and squeeze you in there, you know. And you're like, hey, are you, are you doing okay in there? Uh, I feel like I've been put into a taper, a paper towel holder thing, or like. But I'm, yeah, I'm fine. A tube, yeah, paper, yeah, paper towel tube. But I'm fine. Let's just get this done. I'm praying to Jesus in there, having a good moment. He's like, man, I got you. And I also had the little ball thing. You squeeze it, and they'll it'll pull you right out. But man, he was with me. I can share that with you. Like, man, God, even in those little things, God is, God is right there. And then yesterday, I got the report from the MRI. They always check because you have cancer. Like, hey, do, do you have any lead, anything else? And uh, everything was fine. Uh, no, no lesions, no cancer. So let's praise God. Um, God's good. He's always faithful in our illnesses and our healing. He's always, share your recent stories. Share your stories. How has God recently met you in a time of need? When has God recently shown you his faithfulness? How has Jesus maybe recently changed your life? Maybe he's healed a broken relationship, helped you through a difficult financial circumstance. He's brought hope during a time of despair, maybe even depression, gave, gave you wisdom in the midst of a, when you needed a, a we're making an, an important decision about something maybe he showed himself faithful in your in your marriage or in maybe in some way in your in your parenting maybe he's blessed you in some unexpected way these types of recent stories of how jesus changed your life can capture the hearts of your friends they can they will capture the hearts of your neighbors and co-workers and could lead to spiritual changes in their own lives. 
This is exactly what the leprous man experienced. It's exactly what he did. Share your recent stories. These stories are also bridges to the gospel. They are bridges to the gospel. Your faith stories can be bridges to the gospel. You share with a friend who's having some difficulties in their marriage. You tell a recent story about God's goodness in your parenting or how it's impacted your life. Then all of a sudden, a conversation begins to open up. Opportunity to invite your friends to church where you know that they'll hear the gospel clearly. Again, this is what all of these folks did. They went out like, hey, I know somebody you need to meet. You need to meet this guy. In week one, I asked you to spend time with Jesus by reading the Bible for 10 minutes every day. In week two, I asked you to invest in relationships by intentionally encouraging three people every week. And this morning, this week, I'm asking you to share how Jesus has changed your life with one person every week. Just share with one person this week and then the next week about how Jesus has changed your life. And I gave you a whole bunch of examples. You got this. I know you have stories to share. Even in the most difficult of circumstances, Jesus is there. He is near. Just like we sang. He is in our midst. He is in your midst. He is in your heart and life. He is walking with you. Share your story. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who publishes peace or proclaims peace. Who brings good news of happiness. Who publishes salvation. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. They just go and they make much of God. They share about the joy and the happiness of knowing him. Oh, friends, let's go and share some good news of happiness this week. Go and share your stories of faith and how Jesus has changed your life. You know, if 150 of us, oh, there he goes again. If 150 of us shared with one person every week, do you know that in one year, 7,800, somewhere in that range, about the population of Mont Bellevue. If we all shared with somebody different, we would have shared Jesus with everybody in our town in one year. Isn't that crazy? Now, if we shared it a couple times with different people, man, we, we'd, we'd, we'd catch Baytown. And if we go on a couple of years, everybody in Houston will hear about it. And you're like, John, you're crazy. This man that was healed, he goes, and the, the, the Samaritan woman and the whole town comes out. God can do it. Let's trust him. Let's believe. Let's just step out in faith. Share your story and leave it to him. Let me conclude with this. 731. 
Say that with me. Seven, three, one. Seven, three, one. Seven days of 10-minute Bible reading. Three encouragements. One faith story. Seven, three, one. Friends, you can do that. We can do it. And as we do, and look out. When these three things become a part of the 43% of our day that's functioning by habit, when these things just become a part of our lives, this is just natural. This is what we do. I don't even have to think about it. Oh, yeah, boy, I was the other day, and Jesus did this, and, man, he encouraged me here. I was facing this. Hey, I was spending 10 minutes with him, and I found this in the Scripture. Now, let me just encourage you with this. And it all begins to kind of blend together and becomes a part of our lives. It's something like breathing. It's just what we do. It's a habit. We share these current stories about Jesus has intersected our lives a lot of change, friends, is going to take place. Change that will last more than a life. Change that will last an eternity. Bank on it. Let's pray. Father, you and your son are miracle workers. I used still heal today and there's times though God you, you use all kinds of means and then there's times that you allow us to, to walk through the, through the desert so that we learn to, to trust you and then we have a story to tell others God I thank you for the trials in my own life the difficulties because now I have a story to tell and I can help others find their own stories God we thank you though that our stories are ultimately rooted in Christ the one who brings healing the one who intersects our lives every day God as we spend some time with Jesus every week and as we seek to encourage people God help us to see the power of, of our story and to not be silent how can we we have been healed we have been cleansed our sin is gone and then not only that, but you continue to meet our needs. You continue to bless us and encourage us all along the way. Oh, that we might share the story. God, and you would use it in powerful ways, bringing life change to, to others in our family, in our, our work, our schools, our neighborhoods, our community, our town, and beyond. Use us for your namesake, in Jesus' name.